0: You are listening to Pokemon Rose, a nostalgic look back on, um... Oh, shoot. All right, I really let time get away from me. All right, stop! Okay, and then... Here we go. All right, too many buttons on this, uh... On this board, I have. But you know, luckily, you know, we're just gonna reset time a little bit, if, for lack of a better phrase, gonna erase some time where I had COVID. Luckily, I know a guy who knows a guy who doesn't technically exist and he owes me a favor. So it's actually kind of uh, good timing, no pun intended, because that's what we're gonna be talking about time travel in the Pokemon universe. That's right, one of my favorite Pokemon in the entire Pokeverse is a little elusive creature called Celebi. Now, I talked in the last couple of episodes about these special Pokémon that have these special abilities. Lugia, Ho-Oh, Entei, Ente, Raiko, and Suicune. All of these Pokémon uh, evolved, no pun intended, in a way that made them different from the other Pokémon. They represent something. They stand for a natural force, in the world so instead of just being a big fire bird ente is the soul of a, a mythical dog who protected a bunch of people when a tower burnt to the ground so it represents more of a spiritual um, fire kind of creature likewise lugia being representative of the night or the ocean and Ho-oh being representative of the sun in the world of johto But here's where we start getting really interesting, because Celebi is a little onion-headed green fairy Pokémon that may as well have been nothing more than a myth to those of us in America. It's really a testament to the secret keeping that the Pokémon company and Game Freak did, that Celebi made its way over here at all. What is Celebi? It's the time travel Pokémon. Pretty cool, right? It's a Pokemon that exists solely to travel between ancient and present times. It showed up in the anime a whole lot, and there's been movies that have included it, but you would be hard pressed to find somebody who wasn't lying to you that had this Pokemon when they were a kid playing gold, silver, and crystal version. And the reason for that is because the way to get this. Pokemon, this special time travel Pokemon, was so convoluted and weird and wrapped in mystery that it was almost, I mean, again, this magical time where somebody would tell you something on the playground and you didn't really have the internet to look it up or call BS on it. So you either thought they were lying to you flat out because that's who they were as your friend. They were the liar about Pokemon and maybe Mario or Crash Bandicoot to throw in some good measure there. Uh, or you took it at face value and just assumed that Missing No was real, or that Mew was under the truck, or that Celebi was in the little shrine in the forest. Yes, once you meet Kurt, the famed Pokeball creator who takes uh, different apricorns in the game and makes special Pokeballs out of them, you enter into a forest that is told to you uh, it's told to you that it's a mystical, magical kind of place. Because there is a guardian of the forest that supposedly lives there that no one has ever seen. And what's really interesting is that there's a little shrine in the forest as well a little wooden shrine modeled after any number of tiny Shinto shrines that you would see dotting the landscape of Japan. And you can't interact with it. There's something mysterious about it. There's no other shrine like that in the game. It's very clearly put in there deliberately, it's not like a trick of a tile or. A misplaced pixel or anything like that, it's very clearly a little shrine that you assume houses this guardian of the forest. Well, in gold and silver version, that guardian of the forest never materialized. That's right. Celebi was supposed to be in the game, but because of development crunch or time constraints or what have you, ironically, this Lord of Time could not be in gold and silver. Luckily, though, pokemon crystal version was being released and pokemon crystal was following in the footsteps of pokemon yellow version it was the sort of catch-all mixed version of the prior games that had come out so this is a tradition that has stood the uh the test of time as we've gone forward with different pokemon games where you'll get the initial pairing of the games like gold and silver And then you get a follow-up to it that is more or less the same game with a lot of tweaks, a lot of uh, quality of life improvements, um, but sometimes also uh, little interesting things that the previous game didn't have, like animations for the Pokemon when you see them. Maybe they do a little jig when they show up on the screen. Or maybe there's a new Pokemon that has heretofore been unattainable. A Pokemon like the famed Celebi. Well, if you were in America, unless you had a Game Shark, you still weren't going to catch this Pokemon. And why is that? Well, it's because in the Japanese version, you needed something called the GS Ball. And uh, fans of the Pokemon anime will know, of course, this is a golden ball with the letters GS inscribed on it that has something to do with this mythic Pokemon Celebi that exists in Elex Forest. Well, to get this GS ball for the quest to find Celebi, you had to connect your phone to the Pokemon mobile phone system between March 29th of 2001 and May 29th of 2001, or later for a revival in August of 2001. You also needed to get all of the badges, and once you were able to finish a mini game and a quiz, you would receive the GS ball. But you're not done yet. This uh, massive, major QR adventure wasn't over yet. You had to take that ball in game to Kurt, the famed Pokeball creator, and he tells you in 24 hours about a strange presence in the ball. So you get the ball, then you have to wait for real time, making the Pokemon of time travel actually force you to real-time time travel in your own life. You then take the ball to the Shrine in the Forest, and Celebi appears at level 30 so that you can fight it. What a incredible wild ride that you have to go on to get this magic Pokemon. Is it worth it? I don't know. If I have any Japanese listeners who did all of that when they were a kid, I would love to hear your story. I would think the Game Shark is probably an easier way to do it. Now, that said, the Game Shark is certainly a less magical way to do it because this is something that set the precedent for future games. Incredibly obtuse, real world things that you had to do to get these special Pokemon. Nowadays, these legendary Pokemon are kind of a dime a dozen. I remember playing Sword and Shield, and in the DLC, I believe the Crown Tundra DLC, you eventually get access to a system of tunnels that just randomly generates every legendary Pokemon from all of the games. So you can go in there and run into a Lugia, or you can go in there and you can run into a Dialga from Diamond and Pearl. Like, they just show up. And that's awesome, because you obviously want to catch them all. That's the whole point. And it's nice to have a team full of legendary Pokemon, but man, does it take some of the, the oomph out of it. There was something really special about this time in Pokemania, the early 2000, 2001 timeframe where Pokemon was everywhere. It was on every corner. It was at every 7-Eleven. It was all over the place. And this was really special, especially for a Japanese property, because really at this time... Japanese properties hadn't exploded like this in America. Obviously, people knew about things like Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon and Godzilla and uh, Akira Kurosawa's films and things like this. But Pokemon was this, I mean, realistically, niche thing from Japan that just hit at the right time and the right place. It was like finding Celebi in Pokemon Crystal. Everything had to be just so. For Pokemon to explode the way that it did. A magic time capsule holding this little green fairy with all of the universe in its eyes. You had to go through all these hoops, jump through all of this special events, get everything right and be in Japan for that matter with this mobile phone system and talking to Kurt and waiting in real time. And then you got this Pokemon and it was really special Because who knows how many kids actually did that the way that was intended. I know that the only time I ever got a Celebi over here in America is when I used a Game Shark, And that kind of takes the fun out of it. I still love the Pokemon. It's one of my favorites. The design, I think, is perfect. Uh, It's one of the, I think, last kind of real mythical Pokemon. Um, We get some legendaries that control space and... The notion of like time space later uh but there's something really special about celebi that it felt like the natural evolution of a pokemon like mew this pokemon that you weren't even sure existed and if somebody were to tell you how to get it you wouldn't believe them it makes it that much more interesting to traverse the world of pokemon the world of johto and kanto and try to really overturn all of its secrets. Because at the end of the day, if a magical time travel Pokemon like Celebi can exist, anything is possible.